Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk. I'm Forrest Collins, founder of the 52 Martinis Cocktail Site, and I'm here to talk to you about cocktailing in the French capital and bring you other small batch food and drink news from France. After last month's primer on Calvados, I thought it would be really nice to continue in this spirit and um, talk about it and how it's used in cocktails, how it's consumed in Paris, kind of what the current trends are with it. Um, well, in Paris and elsewhere in France or elsewhere. So to do that, I invited my friend Maxime Potfer into the studio um, to to give us to shed a little bit of light on this. So hi, Maxime. Thanks for coming down. Hello, Forrest. Thanks for having me. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about you, what you do about your business? Of course. Of course. So I'm pretty much a bartender at first. Uh, I've been working in Parisian bars for pretty much eight years now. Uh, I've been working for a very long time with Experimental Group, which have quite a few venues in France and also uh, all over the world now, um, including hotels, bars, restaurants. Uh, and I've been running for quite a while now their cocktail program in their different bars, but also running their openings. So as soon as they open a hotel, I pretty much take care of the bar from scratch till the end and the running of it. And I've been running my own company for two years uh, in which I do consulting uh, on cocktails such as menus or openings for other companies too. Very good. What's your what's your business called? Tell the listeners. It's called Sands. S-A-N-D. Sands. Uh, I will also put a link to that in the show notes so people can find you. Um, well, let's talk about your taste first. What is it that has drawn you to, to Calvados? Why do you like it? Um, first of all, I think my first experiences with Calvados were maybe not the best ones. Being a French person, uh, you very much get to try Calvados very early. If you're, if you're lucky or unlucky at that time. And it was maybe not the best of products uh, at the time. Uh, in, Fran- in France, we have that term, which is called l'agneul. And this was the first experience that you had, that you had with Calvados, which was a very bad eau de vie that was served at the end of a dinner um, by a person which maybe doesn't have the best palate on earth. Um, and that was just the image you had of it. And, and then growing in the Parisian bar scene, uh, we had more and more contact with people who actually... Uh, go a bit further in their research and their interaction with people and maybe the good people, uh, which actually just puts one day a good glass of Calvados in front of you. And that's how it starts. And then it started evolving with, uh, for example, great actors like Christo, uh, Christian Drouin, uh, with better and better all the V's, which you just want to work with behind the bar. And every single day you try a new product. Um, I, I last, uh, last time that Alex was on, on the show, uh, I heard about the experimental uh, by Drouin. And, and that's the best example of, of what happens every day in the Calvados scene. You get new experiences, new surprises. And just wants to, you just want to work with it. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a very interesting point that you bring up about you know kind of having a mediocre Calvados because I have so many friends in the states who think oh you're in France it must be amazing like all those French people are always giving you great things to eat and drink I'm like not always sometimes <laughs> there's you know tends to so, happen quite often yeah but uh, but there's also some really great stuff like this so um, you know I know you from being a bartender and I want to talk about cocktails but I would love to talk about just really quickly first about Calvados Neat, and how would you recommend to listeners, if they want to taste it, what do they do? Is it over ice? Is there a particular kind of glass that works well for it? Give us a little tiny taster primer. Okay, so um, the the good thing is, and I'm pretty happy to be able to talk about that, because I see the the Calvados, uh, when you drink it neat, pretty much as a cocktail. There is no bad time to drink a certain cocktail. There is just sometimes a better time to have it. So, for example, if it's raining and you're ordering a mojito, 
there's maybe a best time to drink a mojito, for example, a beach and having a cigar yeah. in your hand. It's pretty much the same thing with Calvados. Um, you don't have one Calvados, you have different kinds of Calvados, uh, depending on the aging, depending on who makes it. Um, and and so you, that's, when we talk about Calvados, we'll also think about the Blanche, the unaged and all these. So I, I don't think there's maybe a good way of drinking it. I just think that depending on where you are, uh, the weather outside, how you feel, you can always change that. Uh, Calvados works well with dilution. Uh, because uh, when we're talking about Calvados, of course, well-made Calvados, uh, because you have a good aging, you have a good, um, I could say, uh, ABV on it, which can really hold up to dilution. So if it's uh, warm outside, you can have just a younger Calvados uh, on ice uh, in a rocks glass, and that'll definitely do the job. If it's cold outside, you're sitting in front of a chipney, of course, you want to have like an older Calvados with like darker notes uh, in a brandy glass, in a wine glass. I really love to drink my Calvados in a wine glass. Uh, so you could really like swirl it around, get a great nose out of it. You get a bit of a punch of the ABV2 in the nose. And that's really how I, I um, envision the idea of a Calvados. You're making me look forward to colder months. I've been kind of like, okay, it's going to get to where we can light the fire in the house. And now I'm going to be doing that with an aged Calvados. So... Um, is there, I mean, now I'm assuming not because there's such a range of things you can do. I wanted to talk about if there's certain Calvados that work better in cocktails or not, or if, you know, you stick to like younger ones or older ones, or, you know, do you avoid putting a really nice aged one in cocktails? What's your, what's your philosophy on that? Um, I, I feel we're, we're, we're definitely lucky because you have that whole like ar aromatic profile with all those different Calvados. Um, I, I'd say the older ones and maybe some that people would, would dare a bit more putting in cocktails definitely have their place because they'll definitely have a, a very deep uh, aromatic profile. Uh, whereas sometimes in a shaken drink, you might want to use something like the Drouin Selection, which is, which is much fresher, way more on fruits, or even an unaged like La Blanche. Uh, they'll have a different impact. So I'd maybe recommend for like a shaken cocktail with citrus, something a bit fresher and maybe a bit younger. And on stirred drinks, maybe something a bit older with a Bit more depth. Okay. Sounds like good advice to me. Um, now for listeners who, you know, kind of want to start experimenting with uh, Calvados, but they don't really know uh, how to put it in cocktails. Are there, are there kind of an easy guideline we can give them? Can you maybe, can we say like, if it's a cocktail that you're using another eau de vie like cognac and can you swap out the Calvados? Would that be a good maybe like way for them to play around? That is a great way around. Um, so uh, best example, really once again, sticking to the kind of drink you like. If ever you start um, picking a drink with uh, cognac, brandy or another eau de vie that you wouldn't usually drink, Calvados won't really help you in that. Uh, maybe you'll get a fruity aspect to it, but it's not gonna change the whole profile. Uh, nonetheless, if ever you like a shaken drink, um, I, I think maybe the best example would be like a Jack Rose. Uh, Jack Rose is one of the first real drinks that I had with Calvados and I really appreciate it. Uh, so it's citrus, red fruit syrup and uh, Calvados. So it's fresh, easy to drink and a great intro to that kind of spirit, which can sometimes be scary to start with. Uh, and otherwise, except for example, if you're like an old fashioned drinker, if you like bourbon drinks, uh, why not just do a Calvados old fashioned? That works great. And you can play along with your bitters, uh, add a bit more spice like cinnamon. And it's actually, it's a great deal. I love Calvados in an old fashioned. It's actually kind of my house drink in the winter. Um, I have a recipe that, that I do with it. And um, I'm really glad that you mentioned Jack Rose because I've been trying to think about a sort of a classic Calvados cocktail because I do this cocktail and cheese pairing with, uh, with my friend Jennifer and listeners probably are already familiar with that from my site and my Instagram. And I've been trying to think, what can I, can, can I use for a co Calvados cocktail where I can pair with some cheese this, this fall, this autumn. So that's what I'm going to be doing. That's probably going to be my next cocktail and cheese. So good reminder on that. Thank you. 
Um, now let's talk about classic cocktails. You mentioned already that work with Calvados. Um, it's, it's great to swap it out with an old fashioned. Are there, are there any other classics you think work really well or classic Calvados cocktails that you can share with the listeners? So maybe just a little link to your, your cheese pairing. Oh, uh, one thing which I really love, and when I read the recipe at first, I really thought it wasn't going to work at all. Uh, it's called an angel's face. Uh, pretty pretty unfamous cocktail. Um, and it's uh, gin with Calvados and apricot brandy. So wow, okay. I tried the recipe in the that I found in old books, and it didn't really work. But when you rework a little bit on your recipe, uh, so for example, mine uh, would be so 1.5 cl of an apricot liqueur and not brandy. Mm-hmm. Um, so just sweetening up a little bit. Uh, two centiliters of gin. So just a London dry gin, pretty classical uh, on citrus works well. And then three centiliters of Calvados. So for example, if we pick once again in Dewan, maybe a, a VSOP or an EXO would work because you really need that depth. Uh, and a few dashes of orange bitters. And it just it's just an absolutely great deal with the cheese. Um, with something which could go on the nutty sides yeah. because the apricot works. I was going to say the apricot's going to go Definitely. really nice with it. Absolutely. I like to pair with, pair with classic cocktails. I don't usually do new creations, but... I'm going to maybe have to play around with that also as well. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got, you know, all the time in the world to experiment with Calvados cocktails and I like to eat cheese. So, um, okay. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, how the younger generation is embracing or not embracing Calvados. And, you know, I think that there's been sort of a shift lately, but I'm going to let you talk about that, how, how that might be going over with uh, with the current young generation of drinkers. So um, I, I don't usually like doing that, but I think it's pretty important to make a bit of a difference between the Parisian scene and the, the rest of the France scene. Uh, I'm not too keen when people say that the, the Parisian scene bar-wise and consume, uh, consumer-wise uh, is is maybe an advance. Uh, we were just a bit more fortunate at, at some point uh, to have a bit more venues open, which offered good cocktails, uh, and and also to have a lot of foreigners, which really helped out to, to to pick up cocktail bars, such as American customers, British customers, which have maybe a bit more of a like uh, spirit and cocktail education. Um, but maybe in France, uh, or mainly in Paris, um, we really started in cocktail bars using old school recipes. So uh, prohibitionary period co- recipes where you already had Calvados, but also a lot of like brown spirits, such as whiskey. And it was an easy transition to sort of like pop in sometimes instead of whiskey uh, or bourbon, uh, Calvados. Um, so um, we already, I could say, started with very old spirits uh, and consumers were ready for that. Uh, whereas in the rest of France, uh, maybe it was harder when you put on a menu Calvados to push that towards the customers. So they skipped maybe a, a step and started with the younger Audevis, younger apple Audevis, like the Blanche or the VSOP, or even the Sélection, which is even younger and fresher. And so um, in the rest of France, really, you really started with like fresher drinks rather than brown sides. And now we're getting sort of like a correlation between um, Paris and the rest of France with something which is pretty, pretty equal. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Well, and I think also it's a, it's a good time for Calvados um, and French spirits in general, because I do think there, you know, in Paris, at least there's this sort of... Um, really like an inward focus and bars like Le Syndicat or um, of A La Française. Um, now I'm trying to think there's a couple others that really like focus on um, uh, local spirits. Local spirits. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's nice. It's a nice way that, um, you know, people are learning to appreciate Calvados people who might've thought, Oh, that's my grandpa's drink before now, or like really coming around to it, you know, and, 
and enjoying it and appreciating it. So I like that. And I just like to see that because um, for two reasons. One, I think France has amazing products. I think Calvados like really deserves some attention. So, you know, I hate to see people sort of overlooking what's right underneath their nose. And also personally, um, a kind of little pet project of mine right now, or just a thought is I like to think about drinking locally because there's a big carbon footprint also on um, moving spirits around. So I do like to be able to appreciate when I can things that are, you know, local. So I consider myself lucky, as should everybody who lives in France, that um, that there's these things right on our doorstep. So I love to see that it's really sort of getting this, you know, it's there's a resurgence of interest in it and appreciation for it. So that's my little bit, but I guess we're interviewing you here, so I'll stop. Um, are there places that you recommend people go in Paris if they want to taste it, either shops to buy it or bars where they want to taste it? Okay, so I would maybe say shop-wise. The, the easy way would be to go to La Maison de Whiskey, uh, where they have a pretty big selection of Calvados. Um, they have pretty much the whole range of Christian, Christian de Rouen. They also have other, other companies, uh, other producers. Um, Bar-wise, I would say, as you said, the Syndicat is pretty much a great place for that. But uh, I think we could say uh, very proudly that if you go to most of the cocktail bars in Paris, you do now have a good range of Calvados. So it's, it's something which is becoming more and more common. And as you said, uh, we are rediscovering our, our, as we say in France, our French patrimoine, uh, something which is pretty much all around us. We're the country which produces uh, the most uh, different kind of spirits. We have amazing fruits and vegetables all around. And it's really uh, now present in every single cocktail bar and more and more like retailers too. Um, well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how the differences in in Calvados is perceived around France, but we talked about that a little bit. Um, and have you had the occasion to travel outside of France? Yes. And can you kind of tell me about a little bit about how you see other people's perceptions of Calvados and if they're changing and what they're like at the moment? Definitely. Um, I think the, the, the best uh, experience with Calvados I had outside of France was in Japan. Uh, they are absolutely bonkers about, about Calvados over there. And, and I really adore the appreciation they have of the product and the whole history. Um, it's maybe a bit of a cliche, but I, it, was, it was so beautiful to hear a Japanese person talk about Calvados even, even better than a, than a French guy. He <laughs> lived it way more than I could ever live it. And, and even having seen the, the distillery and all that, he was, he was so picky on the details. So I think that Japan is a great bar scene for that. And there may be a bit more an appreciation of like the, the older spirits from the company. Mm. Um, whereas some countries like London, uh, I think having said that their bar culture and bar history culture uh, is, is a bit more uh, complete. And they always lived knowing that there were the old, these old classics with Cavados. Now they're maybe uh, going further to uh, like lighter products, fresher products, just to be able to recreate something different and see another side of Calvados. And they're doing a great job educating people on that too. That's interesting to hear. I mean, Japan's just a like great, crazy bonkers bar scene anyway. And it, you feel like when they, they have something that they like, they take it and run with it. So um, do they grow apples in Japan? Do you think they're going to start, do they do oh, apple brandy there? They, they or are they going to start doing some like amazing things. Japanese they apple brandy? Lots of things. When you, when you think of, uh, for example, all the biggest uh, Japanese distilleries uh, for whiskey, yeah. they started doing apple products. Uh, Nika, Yoishi, their first distillery, they did apple products for like such a long time. When you visit their distillery, I've, I was pretty lucky to go over there. They have... Um, Apple preserves, apple syrups, which 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 date from from their their very beginning. So they're they're really big apple lovers. And when you see the price that they sell them at, 
every single fruit, but mainly apples too, is absolutely insane because it has to be perfect in taste uh, visually. There. It's probably all, every single one is individually wrapped in, exactly. in like a little cute little package. Exactly. I, I, I don't know, like going over there, I saw like strawberries, which would sell for like maybe 10 euros a piece just because it was the perfect strawberry. So that's that's how how perfectionist they are, and it's it's so amazing to to see how perfectionist they can be, and how uh, interested in every single detail um, they can be, uh, and and having them love a product that way, such as Calvados. When you see the image it has in France, or it had at least yeah. in France. Yeah, that's awesome. Japan is such a fun place, so I gotta get back there. Yes. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with? listeners about sort of your experience here or elsewhere in bars, cocktails about Calvados. I mean, you've got a lot of great stuff to say, so I want to milk you for every bit of information <laughs> I can. Well, 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 definitely. I mean, I mean, um, um, I, I, I think it's, it's a great thing to try and do is to, to really push people to drink Calvados, but in pushing, not in an aggressive way, that's never the, the right way to do it. But really, uh, we're proud to be French. We're proud to have so many different kinds of cheeses. We're proud to have a, such a big wine culture and Calvados, uh, um, such as uh, maybe Armagnac. I was going to say Cognac, but Cognac has such a high reputation. Um, people believe they're so knowledgeable about Cognac because it's pretty much everywhere. Calvados yeah. is part of like our genes as French person, um, but it's still not put uh, at the kind of like level it should. So um, with maybe these lighter Calvadoses too, um, just going to dinner party, bringing a bottle and maybe trying sharing that, that kind of love and sharing the apple. Um, it, it, it really is something that, that must be done and not just to help those, uh, those Calvados producers because sometimes, and especially nowadays, they do need a hand, uh, but mainly to just build uh, yourself as a Frenchman and go further on and maybe pass that on to the next generations too. Yeah, I would say that's great to build yourself as a Frenchman. Or, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a cocktail and spirits lover, whether or not you're French. And so I'd say to build yourself, uh, you know, your your voc your vocabulary of taste. So, Definitely. you know, it's like uh, you want to kind of experience all the spirits out there. So if you haven't had the occasion to try Calvados, I highly recommend it. All right, I'm going to take us back to what I was talking about with the uh, cheese pairing because, well, it's a subject that I really love. What do you think about pairing Calvados neat with cheese? Do you have any recommendations? Um, kind of give, give me some info. Okay, so uh, first of all, as we said right before, um, Calvados, different flavor profiles, different in intensities, uh, different freshness uh, or aging. It could definitely work with so many different kind of cheeses. So put your nose to it, try a different Calvados and it'll definitely match with something. It could be cheese, but also uh, going out of that direct like spirit and cheese uh, parallel, we could hit it onto something else. There's a very old French tradition, uh, which would be the Café Calva, mm -hmm. which we all heard of uh, growing up in France and maybe in, in other countries. And it's it's pretty funny to see that uh, it's it's actually picking up with the newer generation. So first of all, what's a Café Calva for mm -hmm. those who do not know it? It's a great tradition which consists at the end of a meal of taking a bit of Calvados and dropping it in your coffee. Um, so there aren't many rules about the, the, the recipe. It's mainly about feeling or how your dinner was or how you want your afternoon or night to be. Um, or morning. I mean, don't judge. Exactly. I cannot judge. Yeah, that's how, I suppose that's how it started in the morning. Uh, but yeah, and, and, and you can not only have one, you can have a few too because it's a very sort of like friendly uh, moment. And have you have you already had Café Galva? I haven't. No, no, now I feel bad. I'm embarrassed. Don't ju don't judge me for okay, not so having good. had one. We've got an Uber waiting for us outside, so we're just going to go directly to Normandy to <laughs> okay, try Café Galva. Okay, great. Right. 
So yeah, no, that's that's really something which is sort of like coming back into into knowledge. And I saw actually quite a few bartenders uh, going back to the idea because obviously Paris, you have uh, some people from Normandy working in bars. And I think maybe the first time I saw that was Margot, Le Carpentier mm-hmm, yeah. from Combat, uh, which actually worked on a on a drink trying to find the best recipe to have a cold Café Calva to serve in a bar. Oh, interesting. Okay. Exactly. And and yeah, it was it was with a with a fresher Calvados. Uh, we worked on a coffee syrup for quite a while. Uh, and it was so funny to have like so many foreigners or young people having just that Cafe Calva cocktail without really knowing it and and going maybe through one or two in the night. And we had maybe a, a few bad returns because people couldn't really sleep after that, but didn't stop them from coming back. Well, that sounds interesting. And, and as you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, that's great. I'm actually planning on going to combat tomorrow. So maybe I'll ask her about it. But then I realized the reason I've never had a Café Calva is because I don't drink coffee. So so right there, I'm like, I'm all embarrassed. And I realized, well, I don't drink coffee. I've never drank coffee. So obviously I haven't had one. But I'm going to have one anyway because it's good to try. Like I've tried an Irish coffee. I've had a Café Brûlé. So I got to get that in my, you know, Definitely also in my taste vocabulary. So I'm going to give it a try. What about, um, how do you feel about putting Calvados with food in general? Like, is it something that you, like I've been to um, meals where, where we've paired cognac throughout the meal in different ways. Can you do the same thing with Calvados, do you think, or is it too much? I think you can completely do it. Um, I must say, uh, to my opinion, I have a bit of a job sometimes with like uh, strong spirits uh, and food as a pairing, uh, because I feel that if ever you really have like empowering uh, products, uh, spirits, it can tend to sort of like close your palate. Uh, my favorite way to do it would be maybe to top it up with a bit of water, just set it to level, uh, just so it doesn't actually burn your taste buds. And I really think that it could work greatly. And even without uh, having different um, uh, Calvados producers uh, or younger products, but maybe uh, just uh, having a a different uh, age. Maybe mm-hmm. just because that's something that you can really feel in Calvados um, from uh, maybe just one year maturation difference or from the blend of apples they used, the fermentation they used. And there's a big link to maybe that we can make with uh, fermentation because that's some notes that really pick up in a Calvados, all those fermentation notes, uh, and which actually really work well with food. Uh, so in very old Calvados, you'll still have that very strong, maybe in France we'd say, um, uh, paysan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something which is really like, you can feel it's handcrafted, and there's a big link that you can find with between that and the, the, the basic product of your food. Yeah, well, I think the nice thing about Calvados for me too, and as we were talking about with the um, cheese pairing, is I feel like you really get the flavor of the apples or maybe a little bit of the pear coming through. So it's not so much like, I know I keep comparing it to cognac. I know they're different animals, but I don't feel like I get the grapes coming through with cognac like you do with apples. And I think that that is um, something that can play really nicely when you're pairing it with food. So I'm very excited. I've been excited about Calvados for a while, but I'm especially more excited now that we've all been having this talk. Now I have one more thing. I'm just like full of embarrassing admissions today. I don't really know exactly. I mean, I know what it is, but... Uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't, but um, is it true normand? Is it is it Calvados? A uh, true normand. Normally it's Calvados. Okay, Normally so because um, I was like, I always think of it just as a very strong spirit. But can you tell the listeners what it is? And um, and 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 now we're gonna say it's with Calvados. But explain Definitely. what it let's, is. Let's push it. It's, it is with Calvados. And so the 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 true normand is really like a a very French way of helping you out through a meal. Uh, traditionally, like French meals. Uh, 
country of our gastronomy uh, and uh, and and long 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 meals uh, we would always need help in the middle of a meal to sort of like digest and maybe find some room for something else uh, maybe some dishes were a bit too fatty uh, maybe some dishes uh, had a bit too much sauce on it uh, and so a tournament would really like it's pretty much a shot in the middle of your meal um, a, a, a big shot uh, a big shot of Calvados uh, and it sort of like settles the, the the fats in your in your stomach if you could say so and make a little bit of room for the rest and it's funny how in France we call it the trou normal I'm not too sure of how you call it but in other countries we call it a true normal in America in America say, too yeah, yeah. great I like that idea yeah. <laughs> because I, I actually uh, had a few experiences like that in other countries such as Italy mm-hmm. uh, or in Sweden uh, in Sweden it was uh, aquavit uh, in Italy um, it was uh, ice Campari And it really helped out through the bitterness. Interesting, okay. Uh, and it actually worked great uh, on crushed ice. But I must say that a trou normal is maybe my favorite pit stop uh, during yeah. a meal. It really helps out. And and I don't know if I'm allowed to encourage people to do trou normal. But if you are a happy liver and and uh, in both ways, um, you should definitely try the trou normal. Yeah, I feel like it's not something that's... Um, The people don't do it often enough, and I'm going to start doing it. It's going to be my thing now at the house. So, you know, when people are out for big meals, you're going to get a true normal, so come prepared. <laughs> All right. I think we're getting close to time to wrap up. So before it gets too late, I want you to, if you don't mind, share a cocktail recipe with the listeners. Of course, with pleasure. Uh, so so uh, we spoke about quite a few different kind of cocktails uh, with, uh, with Calvados, and I also spoke about the idea of, like, maybe uh, adding water to it to lower the proof, and it sort of, like, opens the, the flavor profile. Uh, and so as we have uh, in whiskey, which is another aged pr- uh, spirit, sorry, um, they use it... Uh, in a certain way in, in Japan, which is a highball. So just add in whiskey and sparkling water, which is, to me, a great idea. I love a highball, and there's not Beautiful. enough happening, and I'm interrupting as usual, but... Please do. Excellent. Sorry, go no, on. No, 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 my pleasure. My pleasure. Any any highball enthusiast is, is more than welcome to that. Uh, and so I think that Calvados works great with that. And maybe a little way to pick it up and add something different. Uh, my favorite thing to do would be to add just a, a teaspoon of... Um, Uh, balsamic or vinegar to it just oh, to add a kick okay. of acidity yeah. because when you think of like your triangle in a cocktail it has it's like sweet sour and the spirit and so for our sweetness maybe just a teaspoon two of maple syrup you get all those dark notes that you get in the brown spirits and it really lifts it up and a good healthy measure of calvados uh, preferably a dark calvados so something pretty much aged like an egg so As, uh, as you can imagine, like maybe a, a 12 to 15 years old at least, but something with darker notes uh, and quite a lot of oak and just top it up with sparkling water and a few ice cubes. Give it a stone. It's absolutely fabulous. Sounds nice. Sounds very good. And I like maple syrup with um, Calvados quite a bit. So I will put that recipe in the show notes for the listeners. And I will say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. And that is pretty much a wrap for our show. Now, if you are looking for more cocktail and drinks talk in between shows, go over to www.52martinis.com. I've got all kinds of info over there. If you want to keep me in your pocket, there is a, an iOS app that we have called Paris Cocktails. It's a guide to Paris cocktail bars, so you can find a cool bar no matter where you are in Paris. And not just a cool bar, but, you know, one that has good drinks. As always, thank you to today's guest, and thank you listeners for tuning in, downloading, and just being there. Additional thanks to World Radio Paris for editing and production, to Sun Little for the music that we use. I will put links to everything we talked about in the show notes, so go take a look if you want to find a cocktail to make or where to go, et cetera, et cetera. As usual, please drink responsibly, 
And one last thing, I would love it if you like the show or even if you don't really, but you just, you know, have some feedback for me, go over to iTunes and leave a comment. Apparently it helps people find the show and it also makes me feel better that I know that somebody's actually really listening to me. So I'll put a link to that into the show notes as well. And until next time, cheers. Shine a light, taking a close off it, break my mind.